Here the old gods are dead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey y'all, this is a Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Hiya. <laughs> uh, we've just had the worst time trying to get this recording started. Worst day of my fucking life. Worst day of my fucking life. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was so shit. The Happy mics hate Sc- us. Yeah, they do. Happy Scottish uh, Day by Visibility. Iggy <laughs> Burns. <laughs> <laughs> not it took me a while. It took me a while to get that. <laughs> not the vibe visibility. Um, happy Happy New Year as well. Or have we had an episode since New Year? Oh no, I've had an episode since New Year. Really? <laughs> uh huh. We are uh, feeding the that? girls. Loch what Ness. Was it we did. Yeah, Loch Ness. Yeah. Shut the up. way that we can't even keep track of what we do. I I record and then I forget everything that I was thinking about. Like with exams, like I will learn the stuff, and then as soon as I'm finished the exam, it's gone. So I'm like, I'm qualified, but at what cost? Um, yeah, it's fine. Who's gonna die? Maybe someone. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Rebecca, what have you been up to this week or recently or since we recorded last? Uh, well, since we recorded last, I did actually go to Edinburgh Castle. Hot. Not me being absolutely shocked that a fortress was for like army history. <laughs> so like I went expecting like medieval castle vibes. <laughs> and uh, I did kind of like quite quite a lot of stuff, but like it's like an it's an army place. And I was like saying that to my mum. I was like, oh like I went and it was all like loads of army stuff and I'm not like really into that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, I obviously what did you think? She was like, they did the tattoo there and I was like Ah, uh. <laughs> I was like, all right. So it was obvious to everybody but me. So the inside isn't medievally looking. No, not really. The like hall where the black dinner happened that was there, but there's only like a tiny wee sign outside to say that that's what that is. And you could like oh. scan a QR code and like listen to something about it. And I was like, well, they don't know that I've actually done a podcast episode about this. Wait, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I would like to say I'm a huge proponent of like because I went to Manchester recently, like the other day. 
and all of the like art galleries and stuff like they have QR codes for like all of the exhibits now and I'm like it's kind of like getting a free tour I kind of love it like I was I wish it was always like that historic environment Scotland is really catching up although right hot take if you want to go to a castle in Scotland go to Stirling Castle um I don't doubt that it's better because it was so fun yeah I mean, like I did have I did have a fun time. There's like a chapel there for Saint Margaret, and I'm five, so I'm massively obsessed with her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> future what, episode topic. What's that castle that's near Inverness called again? I should know. I feel like this is the one that's like in our art that we can never name, and yeah. every time we misname it, Duncan, who did our art, messages us, and he's like, "It's not that one. It's this. Is it Urquhart? No, Urquhart Castle's on Loch Ness. It's not that one." Oh, I was thinking of I was thinking of Urquhart Castle. It's no Urquhart Castle, and it's no Castle Stalker either, right? Which one is it then? I'm googling it, famous Scottish castle. So this is a Scottish history podcast. <laughs> famous Scottish castle. top ten Scottish castles to visit on BuzzFeed. Um... It's really Instagrammable, so that's like why people like it so much. Scottish castle, Google. Oh, oh, Elan Donan Castle. Oh. Oh my god, I used to always call it Eileen Donan. Wait, is Eileen Donan? Is it Eileen Donan or Eileen Donan? Come on, Eileen. Um, anyway, we're not linguists. And we we have never, and we should never, have claimed to be linguists. So, like, that's that's on you if you thought you were coming here for that at this point. I mean, speaking of us, like, butchering the Scots language, um, this episode (laughs) is our unreleased pilot that's us talking about Tam O'Shanter, like, talking through Tam O'Shanter and how much we're obsessed with Robert Burns and how much we want to give him a big kissy-wissy. And he would Um, kiss both of us because that man was not heterosexual. T. Tea. But this is like unreleased. Nobody ever heard this. I think we recorded it in like uh, the start of August. Yeah, no. on my bedroom floor. <laughs> Cute. Just two girls. <laughs> yeah, we made like a pillow fortress to like block out all the sound and stuff. <laughs> it, it was cute. <laughs> and we had one mic. I've like it took me so long to try and edit it because I was like, no, this is going to be cringy. But I actually like it better than our actual first episode. I am the world's biggest hater. Here, first episode, so and the world's second biggest hater of our first episode, I cannot lie. But this one's quite fun, it's like a relaxed bit, just so we are we talking to her through Tamil Shanta. Yeah, we really said Wikipedia writes with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went on BBC Bite Size. Like... <laughs> oh my god, wait, okay, the Easter egg BBC Bite Size. Um, anyway, do you want to tell everybody what you've been up to before we get into your episode? Um, I've been seeing the world, I've been falling in love, I've been passionately um, meeting new people, I've been drinking, I've been dancing, and that's about it, really. <laughs> You're know, just... describing the plot of Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> as I should, as I should. <laughs> um... Before we get into this um, episode, we wanted to do something new and we asked our besties to send us in some spooky stories or advice if you're really brave. And we did actually get quite a decent response. So if you did send us an email or an Instagram message or a Twitter DM, don't worry, we will redo your message. They've just been assigned to specific episodes, so we will get through them at some point. And some of you are insane. 
Like, I'm just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> like, there's one that I got sent, and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> but that's a story for another We should do that minute. one next. Yeah, we're I'm doing that. To... Next episode is an, an event. Okay. <laughs> okay, you go. I think you, you, did, you, did, you did send me it, but I was drunk, and I was like, I'm not, I swear, I'm not reading it. <laughs> you know, I would have remembered anyway, but. Um... I'm not going to read it. I'm so... So I'm not going to read that. Um, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, my, a friend of the pod, Christy, wrote in an email saying, my dog sees dead people. And she starts, hey besties, how do you both feel about dogs slash young children? Because those are the same thing. Seeing ghosts. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that animals and children are more connected to the ooky spooky and just more susceptible to the feeling of glitter emoji vibes, glitter emoji than us, the weathered by capitalism adults. My partner's dog frequently follows things around the room with her eyes that are not there. Not even a speck of floating fluff or a teeny tiny fly. This little bitch sees ghosts. She's not the only one. As I've been shitting my pants on multiple occasions while staying at our family friend's farm, they have five dogs and sit at the top of a hill in the middle of nowhere. When staying over to dog sit, they will often bark aggressively at things inside and outside the house, as if trying to warn something off. This is especially goosebump inducing as the farmhouse is really old with no outdoor lighting, so when it's dark outside, you can see nothing. It's giving... This is me speaking to no Chrissy. It's giving the strangers... Yeah. Um, I... Uh, um, <laughs> get out. Get out, girl. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> so she continues... I have no memories of seeing ghosts myself when I was young, but do vividly remember feeling like we weren't alone in certain places and the sudden shift of energy in rooms. My little brother used to scare the shit out of my mum by talking about all the other people here when he was young and would talk to imaginary friends with full names. I still get these feelings in certain places, but much less intensely as I did as a child. And my brother doesn't speak to random Victorian ghosts anymore <laughs> and didn't turn into a little Jennifer Love Hewitt. So how do you feel? Do you think this is something we are more tapped into as kids and grow out of? I would love to hear your take. Lots yes. of love. Yes. Absolutely. No, but first of all, maybe the dog is just old. <laughs> but also, like, <laughs> maybe she's just senile. But also, at the same time, I do, I did often recount the ghosts and shit I saw to my mum when I was younger. So I do believe that, I mean, I still do it, though. So I don't know if we necessarily need to grow out of it. Like, be crazy if you want, see ghosts if you want. And that's up to you. Um, But yeah, like, I feel like, you know how, like, it's such, like, a trope in, like, movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, kids are so innocent, they can, like, see whatever. And then I feel like dogs are intelligent enough to see it. Cats probably can, but, like, they want you to die. And then, they're not gonna warn you. They're not gonna warn you. They're like, fucking finally, I'll eat this bitch first. Um and then I feel like pigs could probably see like hot take, pigs can probably see ghosts. Tea. Because like they're like I'm down for that. Them and cows. Yeah. They're like humans without like corruption, I guess. <laughs> um unless you're like animal farm sort of pigs, then I was like, literally just gonna say. <laughs> literally on God, one of the best books I've ever read, even though I was forced to read it at, like, gunpoint by my English teacher for National Five English. I enjoyed TV. it. Um, as a former creepy child, <laughs> I can, like, I can back this up. So, my first ever memory, we lived in a blocky flats when I was, like, just born. And I think I might have been two or three when this occurred. So, we were on a ground floor flat, and our 
when the window in your mine and my sister's bedroom like faced the back of the bulky flats. It was like a shared, not really a garden area. It was like a council estate, so it was kind of gross. Um, but I was looking out of the window. And I was like, I was standing on the flare in my bedroom looking at this window and I could see, this is so scary, right? So it was a chalk face, like an alabaster piece of like chalk or marble or something and a face had been carved into it and it looked just like my dad, but there was a single tear rolling down its face, Uh right? So I walk out of there and go and speak to my mum and my mum was only like 20, like in her early 20s and I go through and I'm like, mummy, daddy's crying at the window. And my mum was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, get it. And her Be gone, you spooky bitch. <laughs> I, like, literally, her pals were there and they were all like, uh... <laughs> they were like, we, we need to Not go. you <laughs> having your exorcist moment. You were like, daddy's crying at the window and then like peed on the floor. <laughs> well, um... that's my first ever memory. Like, it's so <laughs> fucked. I would and like... then when I was like, well, when I was a teenager, I had I started to see like a lot of ghosts and stuff. This is me like fully coming out. Like I can, I am a medium. I went to a psychic and I was like, no, like yo, please close me down. Like I didn't want to see any of this stuff anymore. And we went through this whole ritual, and I had never seen ghosts for like years until I was speaking to my current current girlfriend. And I was like, oh, can I want to open myself back up again to like spirits and stuff? That's literally all it took, and then started to like see creepy shit again and he like really weird vivid dreams so as a former creepy child and now creepy adult <laughs> I don't think you grow it unless you lose interest yeah does that make sense so like christy is my friend who kindly wrote in and she's a bit witchy woo but not as witchy woo woo as i am so i think <laughs> that will be why she's still in chinty stuff but like it doesn't happen as frequently to her yeah i mean Remember the event that we had? Like, that was a moment. Oh my god, that was a moment. I don't even know how to describe this. One time me and Liam were talking to each other about my childhood. And, and I, uh, without, without being provoked, I described a very specific place and person. And we possibly believe that, like, I have seen, like, one of Becca's, like, friends by accident. Yeah, I shared, like, a whole childhood memory with you without actually having to speak words. Like, my whole room was vibrating. It was fucking crazy. And, no, we weren't, like, on drugs or anything like that. Like, this genuinely happened. Like, we were in our sober eras. Yeah. I was, like, completely teetotal at this point in time. So... It was a vibe. It was insane. I explained it to my sister, and she was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then, like, told my girlfriend, and she was like, oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was like right so she was like, she was sense. just jealous she was just jealous she wishes it was her and she'll never have what we have no, i'm kidding <laughs> a podcast, a podcast. <laughs> hi we charted in the history um podcast charts on both itunes and spotify who else did that hmm? okay that's what to I you. To you. Um, um if you get a chance rate and review only good ones <laughs> Um, but I, so if you hear any stories or s- any questions that you want us to answer or anything like that, you can email us at the creepy wee, po- not the creepy wee podcast at gmail.com, DM us on Twitter, DM us on Instagram, or you can visit our website, the creepy uk. click contact, and there is a submission form where you can like write a big long email if you really want. Send us advice though, like. Who else would you want to give you advice? I feel like two like Gen Z <laughs> <laughs> queer people who are psychic. 
former drug addict, psychic. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, just the usual. The usual from the usual, you know how it is. So um, I suppose we should like let you listen to our unofficial, unreleased pilot episode on Tamil Chanter. Please be nice to us. Um, the first yeah. like five minutes are a bit rough and then we like really do get into the swing and it's quite funny. References to Carl and Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> References to Scooby-Doo. Oh, References. We? Uh, we left William Shakespeare in the mud at one point. That sounds about right. I, um, I would just like to say... Um, I'm like sat like so my parents like redid the bedroom that I grew up in and it's now like a porch and all I can see is the back garden which is really dark and not well lit and like all I can see is like the washing line like shaking and I'm like I'm about to have an experience after <laughs> what we just discussed. watching you. Somebody is watching you. I don't like it ever since you told that story like that fucked me up <laughs> like that like when you said Mom- it, I was- I like looked out the window and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> my back window, like the back windows in our house, like face a forest now, and it's like really creepy woods. And like, I if I'm ever out there at night, like I will genuinely not be out there for more than like ten seconds. Like if I need to go to the bins or that, I like run. I don't want to be in a situation for even an hour where I'm not enjoying myself. Do you know that one, <laughs> <laughs> Kim Cattrall? <laughs> <laughs> Spiders in my vagina. Um... <laughs> not afraid to reference. No, or anyway, to reference, even when it doesn't make sense. Anyway, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> here's your artificial pilot. <laughs> And I just want to preface this that we are by no means professionals and that this is a this is a pilot episode, so if nobody hears this, unless it's in a Patreon exclusive when we're renting payments, <laughs> then we're probably gonna redo this at some point. But once we have the Casper mattress. <laughs> once we've got that hell of fresh money. <laughs> but this is the Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca McAllister. And I'm Liam Nielsen. And we're basically gonna be talking about creepy Scottish stories and myths and folklore and stuff. So we decided to start with my creepy origin story, which is Tam O'Shanter. I don't know if you hear like the same kind of connection to this. Oh yeah, she's one of the OGs. She's <laughs> where the fascination began. Uh, like I can remember doing this in primary school. Also at my primary school they made one boy learn the whole two hundred and twenty five lines of this and he read it. Was he autistic? But- is that how he remembered it all? He's really, really brainy, so like... Mm. Um, <laughs> um, he'll, he'll probably listen to this, but <laughs> if this makes light of day. But basically, if you didn't can, I mean, I'm assuming that the most people who will listen to this first episode are Scottish and have read or done Tam O'Shanter at school. Basically, it's an epic poem by Robbie Burns. It's his best poem, in my opinion. Uh, oh, it's, by far. It's, it's his favourite. <laughs> it's his favourite, so that says it all. But it's 225 lines. It's very, very long. We're not going to quote the entire thing, mainly because... We'll butcher it. We'll butcher it. Like, I'm I'm for five, so, like, that's... The kind of Scots that I speak is very... Chavy. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. And I'm from Finesse, so like, you just don't want to hear that. You just don't. It's just um, it's a it's a fronting. That's what it is. <laughs> the Scots accents that are in the like Highlandsy Scotland are either like better, butter, war. <laughs> so so either so far me <laughs> that you couldn't tell, and then the other half are so colonized that wow. <laughs> those highland clearances they stuck that's for another episode though yeah cleansing is not what we're going into right now we'll leave that deep dive for like a two-parter and basically i'll just we'll we'll preface this with like who rabbi burns is so he's our national bard he was born in air in january 25th in 1759 does that make him a capricorn <gasps> I mean, it would make sense. It would, it would make sense. Can I'm not going to actually stop to Google if he was a Capricorn, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say with my whole heart that I think he's a Capricorn, and if I'm wrong, then. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I can remember in primary school when we were doing uh, Tam O'Shanter, or like any any Burns Day, like any year, my primary school teachers and my high school teachers, whenever Robbie Burns were, was mentioned, they were like, and he was so hot. And he, he was, was and he, he was, was such a shagger. A shagger. And I was, we would always be like, right. <laughs> like, draw yourself up. <laughs> I, like, every teacher. And no, even, but, like, I get it now. <laughs> I get I it. After I, reading it last night, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about him. But, like, it's just, it's just so weird that they were, like, to, like, a group of kids and, like, by the way... <laughs> I am like six this, years old. Like this man shocked, and we were all like, "Okay." Alrighty. And what do you want me to do about that? You can tell, though, like in this poem, that like he was he he knew his way around many like different can... forms. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Tao Shanter is a narrative poem. I, I don't know if you if like I went on BBC Bite Size last night. <laughs> this was me literally doing homework but they always call like like the narrator of the poem just the narrator but like I always think that it's like it is like 100% it's Burns yeah like that is yeah. it's him just like telling a story and he's quite critical of Tam like but but at the same time he's is at the same time that he's being like critical for him being like a a drunk and like an idiot at the same time he like the first time is like a hero and stuff. Like yeah, he's very boys will be boys. <laughs> aye, but like, <laughs> but we're still like that now. Like folk who are like, kind like pissed and stupid and stuff. Like we like really. And people say white people don't have culture. Have you been <laughs> to Scotland? Drinking is a culture. <laughs> aye, like we cheer for Gunfordy and stuff like this. Basically, like I'll, I'll go through like a brief like synopsis of like what this poem is. So Tam is a drunk, he's spent like the entire week in the house and in the pub getting getting pissed basically and then he like rides home like at the witching hour, encounters a group of witches, gets caught for being a perv yeah. and then is is chased by these witches and he gets away and Burns like really heals him for that. Burns starts off, he uh, describes like all these people like leaving the pub as, like, the night draws on, and Tam's still there. It goes on to talk about his wife, Kate, I think her name is. Yeah. Um, that, I'd say yes. Yes. Uh, is gathering her brows, like, gathering a storm, nursing her raft to keep it warm. Very, very, very iconic. And it, like, it sets up where we're going to be going to next. Um, 
which is a storm, like a supernatural kind of storm is like starting to brew as it gets closer and closer to the witching hour and then Tam decides to leave the pub. Also, like, the fact that this is the first time that I've read this in like a really long time and, um, like, Tam, like, is like maybe hanging on a fair... With the with the with innkeeper's the la- wife, yeah, the like landlady, and uh, either either they're like they're flirting or whatever, but like it sounded like there was but on Burns's terms, like they were definitely like at it, like yeah. at it, at it, like they weren't <laughs> they weren't just flirting, like I think they might have been like between some hay bales or in a close or something, but uh, I and in the, the second stanza, I then like. He he does this like really good alliteration about um how disgusting basically Tam is for being like sat in the pub all day, uh, and that he should have took his uh, wife Kate's advice. She told thy well thou was a skellum, a blithering, blustering, drunken blellum. Like that the B B B like that really does like Big and you can broken bag. <laughs> <laughs> you can like hear the like spit in your mouth when you like or it. Literally Cardi B is on that wave. <laughs> like... <laughs> the influence. But like it does sound like disgusting and it's like the disdain for like the fact that he's been in this state for so long. And it says that he's been drunk for November till October. Uh, and there was a day that he was never sober, basically. And then he's he, and he then like goes on to like allude a bit, like to what's going to happen, like the darkness that Tam's about to like encounter when uh, this he starts to describe the storm, um, and that uh, any child or anyone would be able to understand that the de- the devil had business on his hand because of how scary like this storm yeah. is and then Tam gets on his horse yeah he gets on his horse and like I'm just gonna say it I'm gonna say it Robert Burns is a witch he's in the know he's off the craft because he mentions like all of the elements like it says Tam scalp it on through Dublin mire which is like the mire is like swampy like marshland so that's the earth and then he says despising wind rain and fire like first of all why would there be like fire like I get that it's like obviously just emphasising the rage of the storm, but that's the other, like, three elements. And, like, the whole setting of this being witchcraft and obviously Scotland Scotland being, like, a pagan nation at heart, like, he's just in the know. He just, like, he's a witch. He's a bisexual witch. Well, <laughs> this is the, our better version of Lord Byron. <laughs> but I did look it up. To see, because obviously this is like the roots of this poem are in folklore. I'll get to that later. But I was looking up. I love that album. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up, um, like how he how he would like kind of the stuff, and we'll go into like the other stuff that he, like the I would say like all this like witchery and stuff, and all these like old wives tales. But basically, Burns's mum, and I think it's his auntie. I think it's his like like uncle's wife. Who was a widow? Um, they would cut like they would like sit around the fire and they would like tell all these um. fucking stories. <laughs> and and like Burns is like really wee and he keeps asking them like tell me more, tell me more, like like creepy stuff about all these like boogeymen and stuff like that and all these witch stories and like he was like quite switched on because he's obviously like remembered all this stuff and yeah. like wrote it down or like like I think like when folk like tell like folk tales and stuff like that like that shit sticks. 
like you didn't even need to be writing that down. Like if it's interesting enough and it creeps you enough, like you're gonna remember it. Yeah. So that that is genuinely where like all this stuff comes from is him sitting in the fire with two women. <laughs> and like <Coven. laughs> again everything they say so like if you want to say that Burns is a witch he had a coven from a young age he had a coven age. for a young age exactly and like he like obviously there's like dispute as to whether this is like Robert Burns like recalling something that may have like he thought sort of experienced himself so maybe the narration is him but also Tam is him and then like because he describes something like so well it's in the same like bit as the where he describes the elements. Like, you know when you have that feeling like someone's watching you? And he says, whilst glowering, we prudent cares. Like, prudent being, like, good good attention, like, trying to predict what's going to happen to you. And then he's, like, kind of watching over his shoulder. And we're talking about, like, lest bogles catch him unawares. And bogles, like, if you don't know, is, like, Scottish folk. Where, like, even, like, still in Doric, they still say, like, tatty bogle, which is, like, a scarecrow. So, like, a bogle is, like, a ghost. A bogle's a, go- a spirit or a Well, ghost. I was going to say, like, earlier, before we started recording, Liam mentioned bogles, and I'm thinking, is that where Boogeyman comes from? It is. So, like, a <laughs> lot of... So, like, you have the bog, which is English version of, like, bogle. Mm-hmm. And you even have, like, busiman or, like, busiman, which is, like... <laughs> which is, like, the Norwegian version of the same word. Like, most Indo-European languages have the same, like, root for, like... Yeah. Ghost. And that's where Boogeyman comes from. So, like, he's trying to... He's keeping an eye out for the Selena. He's trying to watch for the boogeyman. I was, like, like keeping that to myself earlier, and I knew that you would know that that is where the boogeyman <laughs> came from. I was like, that sounds too familiar. Come on, etymology. Come on, Susie Dent. <laughs> Susie Dent, queen. <laughs> Tam gets onto his horse, Meg. Love that. Just Love. a horse called Megan. Meg. <laughs> Birth name, Megan. <laughs> and then he starts his journey him. We had we did Google this, like the significance of like Meg being a grey mare. Yeah, grey horses are supposedly like because I knew that I knew something about grey horses. I'm I love a bit of a bit of witchcraft. I do, I do. It has to be said. <laughs> and grey horses in old wives' tales are like a bad omen. Like horses with all white feet or grey horses are like unlucky. And like the fact that he's riding out on Meg at the start of this. Um, I hate saying riding right on Meg. <laughs> that sounds like. I think we all. <laughs> I think we all would like to ride out on Meg. Um, no, but like, yeah. So the fact that he starts his journey on a grey mare, like, unlucky first of all. So he and then he encounters like. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to we'll it. Get it. <laughs> so basically, he gets on Meg and he begins his journey back to his house. And this is when he's he has on his way home. He has to pass Alby Kirk, which is where this story will centre. But on his way there, Burns starts to describe, like, all the creepy shit that's on the way. Past the Burks and Meeklestain were drunken Charlie Bracknex Bain, and through the weans and by the cairn where hunters found the murdered bairn, and near the forn of Bain the well where Mungo's mother hanged herself. That is my favourite bit because I can remember, like, even now or, like, when I was younger, like, King Lake Winfolk would be like, oh, didn't he go down there? That's where, like, such and such, yeah. like, that's where, like, whoever got, like, battered or, like, that's where, like, hung his dad, like, hung his cell. Like, they kind of superstitions, like, if something bad happens in an area, like, they that kind of energy sticks. Like, even if it's there or no, like, you, you hear, like, I remember when I was younger, there bad was, like, life. yeah, I, there was, like, a pond, like, near my house when I was younger, and, like, all this terrible shit, like, happened in this pond, like, a couple of bairns, like, drowned when it was, like, frozen air, and, like, folk used to take, like, their, 
unwanted animals and stuff and they would drown them in this pond and like we used to go down there to like because you would have to go past it you'd have to go past yeah. it if you wanted to go sledging basically yeah. in the winter but like to go past this, the energy on the way and past the pond like it was horrendous and that bit of the poem like that really stands out to me because like even though this was like what like 300 years ago like he's wrote this poem like that shit still stands like we even even Scottish people are superstitious yeah. Oh I. Oh I. That bit really stood out to me because I was like, that's really fucking relatable. And it's really dark as well. Yeah, and... no, there's literally like there's a bit of Inverness where like multiple car crashes have happened, like multiple people have died on this one corner. And my granny's like, hold your breath as we go past I don't know Oh my god. I don't know what the holding your breath thing is, but apparently like if you go past cemeteries and stuff, you're supposed to hold I Is don't that know. like bracing yourself? Maybe? Like kind of, but I think it's to not let the spirit get in you or whatever. But like you hold your breath while you go she like, I try not to go past it. Like, one time I walked... So back in the drunken days, <laughs> I walked home alone from town and my mum said, don't go past the islands. But I did. I went past the islands. And that's where the corner is where a lot of people have, like... Like, it's really bad. Like, they need to just try and figure out a way to, like, put traffic lights up or something because it's just really bad for, like, people swinging around that corner really fast. But I walked home alone and it was just... I've never had a you worse. Run. I've never had a worse walk home. Like I was looking over my shoulder for the boogeyman. Like I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this part, Burns basically says that Tam is literally so drunk that he can hardly sense danger. And uh, this is when he's like approaching the kirk, and he can see like a huge light. I, I it, it probably is like the it is the light of the fire. But like when I was younger, I always pictured this as like a huge red light, like kind of like actual like warning signs like kind of like Twin Peaks <laughs> red Kill Bill Sirens <laughs> are going off and like Tam's like fuck that like <laughs> I can hear bagpipes I'm gonna go check this out and uh, Meg at this point like this is literally in the poem Meg is literally looking at Tam like you're fucking joking like surely fucking no and she's just really hesitant does not want to fully Tam but is loyal to him for some fucking reason and follows him and uh, Meg like picture like Meg and Tam, like, hands on walls, like, hoofs on wall, like, looking, peering like, into this church. Like Scooby-Doo, like, <laughs> Aye, where he's, like, like on his tiptoe. Like, 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 <laughs> like that. Like, totally shitting bricks. And uh, I'm not going to read this entire bit because this this is, like, a few stanzas long, like, describing, like, the scenes inside the kirk. And obviously it is really important to the story, but I would suggest that you do go back and, like, read this because it especially with, like, an adult's eye. This shit is really fucking interesting. It's one of the best poems that I've ever read. But basically, inside the church, and even at this point, the Halloween Kirk did not have a roof. It was, like, a ruin. I'm not sure yeah. if it was, like, a Catholic church and maybe it had been burned down in the glorious um, evolution, but we'll not get into that. <laughs> I hear tin whistles in your future. <laughs> and then... Uh, Basically, Meg and Tam are, like, peering into this uh, church and then the devil is, like, by the fire and he's, like, fucking love this, by the way. Like, this is the most metal scene ever. The Literally. De- devil like, is... this would make a really good, like, Ryan Murphy. Like, you know how he's doing the American Horror Stories thing? Like, it uh, would make a really good, like, just a little one-episode oh. installment of a story. Like, the yeah. description here is so next level. It sounds like a like Slayer or Iron Maiden song where the devil is literally, literally like in front of the fire blasting his bagpipes. <laughs> blasting his bagpipes and all these witches and warlocks are like dancing around them. But I, 
didn't I didn't ken this and well I had forgotten about it or maybe when I was younger this like didn't make sense to me but there's like coffins like strewn about everywhere and there's dead people inside the coffins holding candles tight as fucking they're like called dead hands and then unchristened babies or and bairns like but unchristened bairns are um <laughs> Me, anyway. <laughs> don't know about you, but I was not christened, so I would have been there. <laughs> and uh, and thieves and murderers are all dancing with them. So isn't he just witches and warlocks and stuff? Like, I don't know if I've interpreted that wrong, and maybe they were, like, among the dead, but, like, I think it might be, like, the living dead. Yeah. That's the vibe that I got, which is, like, very fucking scary. So, like, I don't know if I've, like... And cool, <laughs> obviously, but, like, I don't know if I've just, like, glanced there that or maybe not understood why unchristened children at this especially when this poem was written would would be there like I, 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 that just didn't comprehend with me until I went and read this last night so anyway Tam's taking in the sight and like he's no he is like kind of shitting himself but like he can't draw his eyes away mainly because the witches are hot literally but he just he kind of describes them as butter faces though like most of them like like some of them are like have the warts and not nonsense but there's the one there's, oh, the one. There's her. There's <laughs> she. the ladies and gentlemen. Her. <laughs> she, she doesn't have a name. And it's the, like, this grand witch, are we calling her? You may take off your weeks. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, in, the, in the middle of this dance as well. And uh, she's wearing a short skirt. And Tam, who... Come on, Taylor Swift. It's like... She wears short skirts. <laughs> <laughs> so Tam's so drunk, and I, uh, to be honest, I think that like an idiot like Tam would probably do this if they were sober as well. Very Can much he... Argyle Street antics at the <laughs> Like cat, cat calls, essentially. Cat calls this fucking witch. Um, what is it he says? It's a bit of a short skirt. He says, wheel done, cutty sark. So like a cutty sark is like a, a short... So a sark is a nightdress, and then cutty means short, like... Like cut I, short. That's yeah, basically like, what it means. Basically, like it's a you can you can I think it's like kind of like when you read like these old Scots poems or books, it's kind of like when you read Shakespeare if you read it for like yeah you you can kind of like well like have you ever seen like have you ever seen the Dracula movie where she's like you see her and she comes out and she's like all glowing and she's wearing this short skirt like after she's turned into the vampire ah, yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. just in the like white short nightdress yeah. I I imagine that like. Aye. That, but even like just for like the C and the S, like you can like take that in your brain and just be like, oh, that means cut short, yeah, or short skirt. Oh, like that's how I work. that's how I started because obviously like I speak like some kind of bastardized Scots now, but it like I did I kind of like well enough to like be like translating every single thing. So like I don't know, you like you like see things that you recognize. Like it's like kind of like when you're like reading Shakespeare and stuff, and then you're like managed to like make out what it actually means in your head. But obviously, Scots is a lot more familiar to us. So anyway, <laughs> all the way, so Tam like sees all like sees all these witches cat calls them, and uh, basically I'm thinking they all like flip room like and take them in, and then it's yeah, like, very much record scratch, <gasps> <laughs> and then like it's teeth out, like the chase is on. Tam like hops on <laughs> Tam hops onto Meg, like holding his wee bonnet down and like fucking beelines it I out hope. of there. Aye, and like um there there is a there's a really good like that's like basically like describing how Meg's like running for like for her life. Like it couldn't be gone any faster. Yeah. I, I didn't write it down, but 
Oh, I had it, but I couldn't. Damn it. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Aye. I know the bit. The bit, you know the bit, everyone. You know the bit. <laughs> there's, okay. I think there's alliteration in this point as well. Like the, Even even the way that the poem's written, because it's the, the oh. pentameter that it's in, like... It's like the galloping feet. Yeah, it's like, like it's like durum, durum, aye. Like you, like the whole pace of the poem is pretty fast. Like when you do read it, like you're good. It's not like it's like the way that it's written is like meant to like be tense, and it really does succeed yeah. in that. I find it. I find the quote. Now do thy speedy utmost, Meg. So like, <laughs> it's so good. Aye. It's so good. The command this man had over language, unparalleled. It's hot. Like Shakespeare gets a lot of like. Smoke, and I'm not saying it's just because he's English, but also, <laughs> like, like Robert Burns, unparalleled. Caroline Duffy could never. She could never. She, her and her onion. <laughs> we'll talk about. We have to talk about that at some point because I will. have a lot to say on that onion. I've got a lot to say about. I, Caroline Duffy's still alive, right? I think so. I'm actually yeah, not going to bother like, saying what I was just going to say. I feel like it was going to be a bit Sylvia Platt. Oh, Car- Caroline Duffy mm. has a poem that just rips off plagiarism. Oh, I like. I think it's Lady Lazarus that it rips off. It's called Shooting Stars. Go and read it, and then read La- Lady Lazarus by Sylvia Plath, and get get back to us on that. But um, <laughs> nobody send this to Caroline Duffy. I really do like her. She has some good poems. But remember uh, the bite size moment. Caroline Duffy is a fat fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so. Sorry about that digression. Tam flies onto Meg, they're running like hell. And then he's basically trying to... He's running towards a bridge. I don't know like it, I don't know if he needs to take this way home or subconsciously Tam cares yeah. that he's got to cross yeah, running water. In the narration, Robert Burns says that he needs to pass the keystone of the bridge. Oh, does he? So yeah. he, he was going that way anyway? Yeah, well, no, he says he needs to pass it because, like... He needs to get, he needs to get over the running water. So... If he's done again, there is a superstition that I, this is in Lord of the Rings as well. So. It's like in so, but it's like so undefined as to what thing can't get over running water mm-hmm. because, like, in wh- in Lord of the Rings, it's like the ring wraiths are like chasing like the Fellowship of the Ring, and the, I can't you have missing Lord of the Rings? Well, like, Scooby Doo Legend of the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> the vampires can't get over the bridge at Vampire Rock. We find out later on that it's a, a series of pulleys and strings don't actually extend far enough to get over the bridge when they're flying. That's still a cool, like, reference to, like, it this is. whole lifestyle that, like, vampires or ghosts or witches and, I guess, werewolves Goblins, and, like... ghouls and no good bloodsuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't get a running water for some reason, or the ring race in Lord of the Rings. But he's, like, running and running and running to get to this bridge and... Basically, he gets there in the nick of time, and that's when the famous scene where this witch, she's like on the banks of the river or the burn or whatever, and reaches and grabs Meg's tail, and she. There's there's a there's a reference to that. There's like a I don't know if this is just like in letters that Burns had wrote to his pals that like the thing that made the witch actually snatch her hand away was the fact that she was out of the burn. It was like lightning struck her. Mm. That I don't know. I read that online last night. Um, don't yeah. know how true that is. Well, also, horse tails in superstition—they're lucky. They're a lucky thing. Oh, so she's—they're used in witchcraft a lot. But like, see when you pull on a horse's tail, like especially like a braided mare's hit tail, mm. um, it's like bad luck to pull it. But like the thing is good luck, and it wards away from witches and evil. 
Like that's so the... she's like so desperate to catch him that she does not give a shit. Yeah, she grabs the tail, but then lightning strikes because, like, I don't know, God, yeah, Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, she snatches her hand away, and it rips Meg's tail at, like straight to the hinge, basically. Yeah. And then she's left she like a lump, <laughs> <laughs> like a wee stump. And then, in his final words, basically, Burns says that just remember when you're pissed as fuck and like you're making your way home didn't forget about like Tam O'Shanter and his horse whenever to drink you're inclined or cut his arts in your mind think you may buy the joys or dear remember Tam O'Shanter's mare so basically he's saying like when you're out and about and you're doing naughty shit just just remember that like God will strike you down for that <laughs> go home before you black out Aye, go home before you black out basically <laughs> Like, the whole poem, like, in its bare bones, like, it's basically... It's cautionary. Yeah, like, Tam's been at, like, the pub all week, and he's, I don't know, been having fun with the landlady and whatever, but it all comes to a very, very quick end. So, and even the celebration that, like, the, the witches and the devil and stuff are having, like, it's fleeting. Like, the whole poem in its bare bones is basically trying to say that human happiness is fleeting, so, like, take it well you can. Anything bad can happen to you at any Literally. moment. Or anybody can, like, come and catcall you and you ruin your day. <laughs> it's a girl boss gatekeep sort of tale, isn't it? It's like, you can, you need to, like, take life by the way. It's live, laugh, love. I say it's live, laugh, love. So, that is, that is the rundown of the poem. Oh my God, we've been talking for half an hour about this. And I could go more. I could go more. I and could, we will go more. And as I will. <laughs> You were saying earlier, like, this might be Burns that's, like, it's been, yeah. like for his own past experience. Actually, no. Oh, <laughs> that's not the truth. That uh, is not correct. <laughs> um, basically, it's about... Uh, this, is a, this is based on an actual person called Douglas Graham. A shanter farm in Carrot. Shanter? Yeah. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting for that. Like, literally stole my joke. <laughs> So basically, he's uh, this this guy uh, Douglas Graham's been at the at a pub like basically all week. Uh, it's his cousin's in, so he's been like basically supplied with like drink for free. So like, why would you leave? Oh, uh, along I with his pal John Davidson, and there is like a suitor John, I know a John, John or something. Oh. <laughs> I was, oh. <laughs> was going to say hardly know her. <laughs> um, what basically? Uh, Douglas Graham lost his bonnet one night and the line in he had had all his like money for the market days mm-hmm. and he obviously gets him and his wife is absolutely raging he's like where's the fucking money and then he makes up this thing that he got chased him by witches and everybody was like <clears throat> bullshit <laughs> but like it became a folktale and that's obviously how um, Burns has got into this because like even like Old Lang Syne and stuff like Burns like went travelling around Scotland, heard everybody's folktales and folk songs and went, I'm taking notes. <laughs> because no lot of folk could read and no lot of folk could write. So, like, he really did... He girl-bossed it. He gatekeeped. Ghastly. It was the OG, like, podcast. Like, what we're doing now is what he did. It's kind of poetic in its way. <laughs> like, we're taking his folktale and we're putting it to people who can't read and write as well. Like... <laughs> so, basically... That's that is where it comes to it. It is, it is a folktale. 
And then Burns has obviously just took it and spun it and made it a hundred times better. And then we've got the modern implications of what this poem means. Obviously it means a lot to people in Scotland and like the, the like, this this is by and large my favourite poem. Oh yeah. I hear, I hear a couple of like other poems that I like that are Scots ones. Like the Norland Wind's a really good one. I can't even for the life of me remember who wrote it. It's a woman for Aberdeen. If, it's, it's either called the... Aye, it's called The Northern Wind or The Flying Geese. Definitely read that, but... We'll put a link to it on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> like, a few folk have done a good cover of that, like, in song. But this is, by and large, like... It's Scotland's best poem, 100%. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And then, obviously, the bonnet that Tam wears, it's his wee blue bonnet, and obviously it's not called the Tam O'Shanter at that point, because... Just, just a bonnet. Yeah. yeah, and then they obviously got the name... Tam O'Shanter, then they wear them in the military. Like, yeah. they wear these in the military, they wear them, folks still wear them here. There's been like, a, there's a French company as well that makes Tam O'Shanters. There was that guy that was really annoying on TikTok and he used to put on the Tam O'Shanter with a little bit of ginger hair sticking out oh, of it. And for fuck's sake. That was the worst. If you're listening, which you won't be because you clearly have no understanding of Scottish culture, and have no taste. Um, <laughs> catch me outside, how about that? You know? That's. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they sell them in Edinburgh. I don't know if they, they wouldn't sell them in Glasgow for that, but they sell them in Inverness, Loch Ness, Best um, Expo. Oh my god, that like the T-shirt that they sell where it's the uh, Jurassic Park logo, but it's got Nessie on it. That's a serve. It is. It is a serve. Hang on, hold on. In a future episode, we will be talking about Nessie. Oh, we will. Oh, be talking we will. About Nessie. We will. It'll be a deep dive. That'll be it. <laughs> that was good. Did you mean to do that? Again? Yeah, I meant that. <laughs> that was hot. So, any other? Mo- oh, aye. Uh, the there is a boat called the Cutty Sark, which is it is named after like the Cutty Sark that's like in this poem. And the masthead that is on the boat is a woman. It's a witch, and she's holding in her hand. It's a real horse's tail that's on the front of this boat. I'm pretty sure the boat was the one that's in the Boston Tea Party. Don't know how many boats were there for that, but it is one of the boats. It's still docked in America somewhere. But that, I, I was like listening to another podcast, Spirits, um, and they were going through sailor superstitions and the mastheads on boats, they were decorated in ways that would like ward off like evil yeah. spirits in what the does, ocean what and does, like bad luck for the boat as well. And does, if it's a horse's tail, it's good luck, like you're yeah. saying. It's, yeah. But does he not talk about like witches being like, steering sailors off in this poem as well at some point. Like, there's a bit in this where he talks about how they make ships crash. So it's kind of a full circle moment for him. With oh, that. it is. What the fuck? But aye, that's the ward of, like, uh, kind of, like, sirens, Davy Jones, that kind of thing. That is what that mass heads for. But that is it. I can't think of any more modern implications. There probably is hundreds. I mean, this kind of, like, goes for... Like the the mean girls trope too. Like that, they, these witches oh, are definitely in the literally. Like, this came after uh, Macbeth, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she the, said it. The way <laughs> Regina George got hit by a bus, which is kind of like a modern horse. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it goes all the way to the top.
Okay, so that was fun. Hard to listen to. We were so young. We were so naive. Um, but you know what? That was the first brick thrown. And the rest was history. <laughs> the rest was history. <laughs> history! <laughs> oh, good for her. If you've made it this far, thanks so much. I don't know if there's like anything else to say apart from the next episode that we're going to be doing is going to be the usual for the usual and we're going to be doing some scottish folklore stories so i'm going to tell liam a fairy tale and then the next episode after that he's going to tell me a nice little fairy tale and we'll be back on our folklore ookie spooky shit that is hot for us we did it good for us we did it joe <laughs> this episode's a mess. <laughs> no, literally, I'm like thinking about you editing this. I'm like, how much is going to need to be cut from what we like? It's just insane. <laughs> We've done like 20 minutes worth of intro and outro. <laughs> the actual Tamil episode episodes like 35 minutes long. Yeah, I feel and like we could be like excited to click on an episode that's like an hour long and then just be like, oh. oh. <laughs> 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 I suppose I just need to ask people to, I don't even want to rate and review. <laughs> Rate and review, but think about, like, episodes 2 through 10, and maybe not this one, <laughs> and the first one. Maybe I should, like, put the title, like, relaxed fit, like, <laughs> bonus episode. Um, Tam creepy wee version, or something. 10 minute version. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I follow us on Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod. Visit us at thecreepywepodcast.co.uk and leave us a five star review on Spotify or iTunes. Thanks. Thank you. What are you waiting for? Huh? What are you waiting for? What are you? <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> 